Welcome back to the Frizz and the Grease podcast with your hosts, Prudo and D. Hello and welcome back to Frizz and the Grizz, the week after the Super Bowl. So you know we got a lot to talk about. Today is Tuesday, February 13th. Thank you for joining us live or next day on podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Remember, hook your boys up, press all those buttons, rate subscribe review. It's actually been super helpful to let you guys know to do that because you've got a ton of new listeners on podcasts. We've been just plugging, 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 press those buttons for us, show your boys some love. But first, D, what it do? What it do? Happy Tuesday. Oh my goodness. Technical difficulties up the ass, physical difficulties up the ass when it comes to my chair. It's just been a hell of a last 20 minutes. So we, we appreciate you guys being here. What's up? Yeah. 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 I, f- I felt that one. Not gonna lie. Um, dead ass, bro. Like, it's like, it's everything's fine, right? There's usually no issues. And like, you know, Monday is fine. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is decent. And then, like, we get to Tuesday. And it's not even just Tuesday. It's like Tuesday at like 737. Shit just goes wrong. Like my chair wouldn't stay up. I I literally fucking threw it. Like I was like, I get I can't deal with this. Threw it. Went and got another chair, and I was like really sunk down. I was like, I can't do with this either. So I got to fix this chair. So we fixed the chair, and then I'm like, all right, Trudeau, I'm about to jump on. And all of a sudden, we're both doing the Dodo Manigato, Mister Roboto. Like I'm thinking it's my internet. You're thinking it's your setup. No, so I, I knew it was not me. I knew this was well, you. Yeah, hey, well, you were still doing Mr. Roboto, but we tried to I reset my shit in a fucking 15 minute update. Like, dude, what is going on? But hey, we're here. I love it. We're I, here. I love it because in the past it's always been me with this bullshit technical issue nonsense. And today it's finally you. So I'm reveling in your misfortune. But I'm still gonna blame you. I'm gonna say it was your fault. The good news is for you that are listening, that means D is going to be ornery today, fired up, ready to fire in some hot takes. Uh, we didn't have a pre-show. This is our pre-show meeting. This is like we just jumped on. So the way we're going to structure this today, I think it's the best way to approach. We're obviously going to focus on the Super Bowl for the most majority of the show. You can go a lot of avenues with the Super Bowl, right, D? Mm-hmm. But I'd like to do this this way. First part of the show, we focus just on the San Francisco 49ers. Offense, defense, just focus on them as a, as a team. Talk about the halftime show, then we'll talk about the Chiefs as a team as a whole, and then we'll look at the very end and talk about both teams going forward into next year and their future overall. So it's a good way to break it down, look at this, the game from different perspectives, because um, you know we like to ramble a little bit, and if we just talk Super Bowl, we can get goddamn lost everywhere. Um, so, but before we get started, though, I'm curious: did you have a nice spread for Super Bowl? Because your boy had it hooked up over here. Yeah, we did. Uh, the missus did it right. She made uh, some buffalo chicken dip, which was great. Um, some like oil, bread, and garlic. I don't, I don't know the recipe, but it was great. It was, it was great. She also made something else. Uh, I can't remember what the third piece was, but for me, I cooked up some fried chicken. There you go. And not yeah. So it was, it was, it was, it was deep fried. Not only that, but it was garlic parm wings, and it was homemade garlic parm sauce too. Mm. So like none of that, like out of the bottle. It was you know whipping up some butter, whipping up some minced garlic. It was good. It came out great. 
they, I, for, for me, Buffalo chicken dips like on the Mount Rush, more of uh, football game yeah, day snacks. Uh, your boy got, I told you, I got the Traeger. The Traeger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot you sent me a picture. Yeah. So this is the bad boys, like the top of the line smoker. This thing is so easy. You just throw pellets in it, turn it on, and just smoke shit. I smoked a pork shoulder mm. for 22 hours. A 22 hour smoke. That thing, you try to pick it up off the smoker, it just falls apart. It's so, so soft and juicy. Oh my God. The best pulled pork sandwiches I've ever had. That's awesome. It's pork ribs also on the smoker, but you boy hooked it up. It was fantastic. So get it right. Got to do it right. I, I feel like you can't just like order pizza for the Super Bowl. Like nah. you, even if you don't finish all the food, you still just like make it like a like a whole thing. Like you, you gotta you gotta I guess engulf in the atmosphere because you can't really tailgate if you're at your crib, right? But like you can act like you tailgate and, yep. and like make a whole bunch of food. So it was literally just us two and we cooked all that shit up. Yeah, and the thing to do is like you make all the food, and then afterwards I had so much left over. Just one door the neighbor, running around the neighborhood, just been like knocking on some doors, like yo, you want some some smoke food? <laughs> Got you know, I'd be friends with the neighbors. That's how you earn some friends. Uh, speaking of Super Bowl, great great game. Let's get right into it. All right, let's start with the 49ers. Let's start in particular with their offense, right? Uh, I, t- I had a bunch of game notes. One of my biggest things was I felt like one of the big questions marks going into the game was, is Brock Purdy going to be a wild man and potentially cost him this game? I thought in, in general, he played a pretty good game. He didn't make a ton of like blow your mind special plays. There was that one play where he avoided the sack of Chris Jones, extended the play. Uh, was it in overtime or in the fourth quarter? I can't remember. Fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. Um, it was a huge player for them to keep the drive alive. But other than that, nothing super spectacular from Brock Purdy, but nothing nothing backbreaking. I don't think he had any turnovers, if I can remember remembering correctly. Nope. No turnovers, which is great. Um, he did have some really bad throws, uh, at least two or three peppered in the game. I, I can think of one in particular, a throw to Debo, that he was completely blanketed, and Debo ended by playing DB. It should have been a, a pick. Um, but yeah, overall, happy with the way he played. We can talk more about the offense. Let's just talk with, uh, on Purdy first. I think Purdy played what you would expect. Uh, I want to try to get away from, and I've heard this from so many people. Like, I want to get away from him being Mister Relevant. He's two years in the league. Like, he's he's two years in the league. NFC Championship last year, Super Bowl this year. Like, he's got he's got some games under his belt. So, like, I, I don't want to compare him to like other undrafted, you know, quarterbacks or people drafted post five years, five, uh, fifth round. We don't need to do that. So for where he is in his career, I would say he played decent, but he didn't make, like you mentioned, he didn't make the play that's going to win the game. And I think that's what kind of bit him in the ass. What, what happened? And this is, uh, I mean, before we, I, I guess I won't go too much into the team yet, but what would happen is he would make the safe play, the safe throw, the safe play. But he wouldn't test KC's defense. Granted, I know, you know, their D line was creating pressure without blitzing, and then Spags would send an extra, you know, you know, rusher, which would hurt them in certain situations. He made that one play. I think he scrambled out to the right and then threw it over, uh, threw it over the top for you know for the catch for like a 15, 20 yard gain. But like he didn't do anything that made you go, oh yeah, this is this is their drive. Like this is this is it where they're gonna put the game away. He didn't have that, and I think that's where ultimately it kind of bit them in the ass. Yeah, I think the biggest issue for that that offense for the San Francisco 49ers is 
I thought in general they were really good, uh, especially in the, you know the first half. They they played really well. They moved the ball at will against the Chiefs defense. They you know they they struggled in the third quarter. I think they they ended up having the first three drives no yards. But the biggest thing for them was just a negative game script. I thought that was like one of the biggest differences in the game. And if you're not familiar with what that means, it's it's kind of like the idea is if you can get four yards in every play, you stay ahead of the chains. You can move the chains uh, before you get to fourth down. Negative game scripts like you get a one-yard rush on first down or you take a sack on second down where you're now behind the chains. And on third down, instead of having the optionality of I can run for three yards, I can throw for three yards, you're entering third down with you know third and seven where you're predictable. Um, and that's that's a bad spot to be against this Kansas City defense who can really get after you. And, you know, the first quarter, they did a really good job staying ahead of the head of the chains, mm-hmm. um, running the ball very effectively. And I thought they had the ability to run the ball pretty well against this Chiefs defense. For me, it's just a lot of untimely penalties that kill drives where they get two first downs, they'd get hit with a holding call, um, get behind the chains, and then they're stuck on you know third and nine. And at that point, again, he, Patrick Mahomes and Brock Perkins aren't the same quarterback. Um, you know, Brock Purdy is going to be great at managing like a third and five, third and four. Um, but when it's super predictable, they're going to get after him and and, uh, and give the cushion to the receiver. So, you know, for me, that's the biggest thing with Kansas, uh, San Francisco is that they just had, they kept shooting themselves in the foot and getting in bad position. Untimely. I mean, I guess, yeah, all penalties are untimely, but like bad timed in like key areas, yep. you can kind of get over, you know, hold first and 10 off of a touchback, right? You know, first and 20 or first and 17, whatever they, you know, half the distance. If you're going backwards, you can kind of make up for that. You can't make up for it being third and two on the chiefs 25 and you hold. That hurts. That turns a touch to a potential touchdown drive into a field goal. And I think those like they shot the you know the the 49ers in the foot because they were they were self-inflicted. The holds were holds. Yeah. Like it wasn't it wasn't they like you know, oh, they're just throwing flags. No. Like, no, I think the referee group or crew did a really good job of just like let the boys play. If it's like egregious, all right, we, we gotta call it, but like I don't think I went into that game. I was like, oh, I think these referees are making bonehead calls. Like I, that was a big thing in last year's Super Bowl where people were like, oh, is it a defensive holding or is it not? There was a defensive holding that the 49ers benefited from later in the game. And I was like, oh, that's 100% a hold. Like I, I can't remember who it was. I think it was on Ayuk. Ayuk did like a little move. He got, yeah, it was, he, no, it was, um, the dude that was uh, that was catching a lot of their passes last night. Oh, I forgot. I got the red hair though. I can't. Remember yeah, Juwan Johnson. Juwan yeah. Johnson, because like they were calling him like third and Juwan because like he was their guy that got the first down on third down all the time, and he made a great move and DB held him. I was like, all right, cool. Like I know it was third and eighteen, and it sucks that you know Casey has to give up a first down yeah. because of a five yard penalty, but that's a hold. Like you can't you can't do that. So I think those are the ones that like unfortunately like put them into their doom before we go over the, the whole team aspect of it purdy did like i said I, th- I think he put his team in a position to win but i don't think he did anything to make his team actually like win if that makes sense by the way i'm saying it yeah no he was he was pretty neutral which is fine i think if you're the 49ers and shanahan you're probably happy that he was a neutral participant in this game because Ideally, you want to lean on CMC, 
right? Run the ball and uh, let your playmakers get the ball in space and, and make plays. There wasn't like a ton of super explosive things out of Kansas City. Like all the big names, Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, they were San Fran, all... San Fran, you said Kansas City. My bad. The whole I didn't know where you were going. I was yeah, like, no, you, you about to switch up to KC? <laughs> you, you know what I meant, though. Yeah, uh, you know the big names for the 49ers, They were they were pretty much held in check. I think Kittle maybe had two receptions for like ten yards or something like that. Um, you know the the biggest story was that McCaffrey got going early in the first half. And they just they they could not find a way to continue that success in the second half outside the fourth quarter, um, and. I think overall, though, I think the 49ers should be happy with the way their offense performed. I thought there was... What does that look for? <laughs> I wouldn't say happy. Well, let me finish. You, oh, go, 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 go. I think, I think they moved the ball pretty well. And I think that outside of some costly mistakes is the McCaffrey fumble, whether they're heading to the end zone in the first quarter, outside of untimely penalties, killing drives, and outside of like... We'll talk about the special team play afterwards. I think the offense in general functioned pretty well against a Kansas City Chief defense that has shut down the best offenses so far. They shut down the Dolphins. They shut down the Bills. I mean, I wouldn't the shutting down the Bills was is a little bit of a, a overstatement, but they did shut down the Ravens um, in the MVP. So I thought it was a pretty good effort by 49ers offense. So again, I, I don't. This isn't a, a Brock Purdy bashing. By any means, I I think he played okay mid area. Like he didn't hurt the team, but he didn't will the team either. And by numbers, statistically, because I know you're Mr. Statistician, I think the numbers QBR wise for Tua, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen against the Kansas City defense this playoffs was below twenty. Like oh, if you shit, take that's their, so low. Yeah, like very bad. Brock Purdy's on Sunday was 75. Yeah, it's good. Like he he played decent. The part that hurt him, and I guess this is where you kind of filter it in from it being just Brock Purdy to the team, is third down killed them. You were saying itself, like they were staying ahead of the sticks when they were able to run it on first down. They sometimes they ran it on second down, but you know, they, they got away from it for some reason. I don't know why. But when they were able to run, run, pass versus run, pass, pass, they stayed ahead of the sticks. Yeah. Then they got into the red area, and then that's when those possessions went from touchdowns to field goals because they drop back to pass, hold. Now you got to yeah. now you're behind the chains or false start. I think they had a false start from a wide receiver in the game, and it's just like these are the things that are are going to bite you in the ass. And they went three for twelve on third down. You're, That's bad. You can't do that. Like you're you're giving up possessions, and we well, I won't talk about the defense quite yet. But there's a stat that I have where it's just like that's that's that is the game right there. I don't care what happened in overtime. I don't care what happened play call wise. San Francisco lost the game in the first half. Yeah, I got I, that for for that point. I think North. that's the difference. There is just. That's the difference between having a Brock Purdy type and a Mahomes type, right? Like Brock Purdy's really good when he can be unpredictable. Like when the defense is not sure, are you going to run? Are you going to pass? Are you going to run like a, you know, uh, like a dig route? Like, or are you going to go deep? When it's predictable, when they know, all right, it's third and seven, third and eight, you need to get this amount of yards. They'll throw all sorts of weird shit at him um, because they know if we take a risk and blitz now, there isn't going to be like a setup to like, oh, we're going to run a screen or like a run. You know what I mean? Like when it's predictable, 
he cannot elevate, unlike Patrick Mahomes, where like if it's predictable and you're blitzing him on third down, he can deal with that pressure and make a play and burn you for it. So it's the difference between the quarterbacks. It's also like Shanahan's been criticized in the past for not being a good play caller on third down. And they almost orchestrate their offense almost to their their dismay of they don't kind of call plays on first and second down to make third down manageable, if that makes sense. Yes. Like they will call pass pass on first down looking for seven yard passes on each play where you get none of them and it's third and ten. Or like they'll go for the they'll run the ball on first down, get three yards, and then try to instead of getting like a safe four yard pass to like make third down manageable. Second down, they'll try like a 12-yard play, and if you miss it, now you're looking at third and seven. So Shanahan has been criticized for that that approach in the past where he doesn't set his offense up to be successful on third down, and I think that that played played itself out the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think you hit on the head. This is the difference between Purdy and Mahomes, obviously. He's in a class of his own for that. Purdy, I think, will get better. I think he will get better at reading the defense, but there was a point in time where the, you know, the San Francisco defensive coordinator was like, I don't know what to fucking send. I don't because he's seeing the play before I, before it even happens. Although Purdy did like the reason why I say, I think he can make this, uh, he's going to get better. It was first half. Oh no. Second half was, was KC going his first half because like, I think Kansas city was going, I mean, I think um, San Francisco was going left. He lined up. They were in single back. So to, for those that aren't aware of it, they had two tight ends to the right, wide receiver to the left, running back in the right, uh, running back in the back. And he got up to the line, hot, hot. Right linebacker came up, and he was like, whatever, check, check, check. And they switched it from toss right to toss left. And it's like it's it's simple, right? Like you're like, oh, that anybody should read that. It's like, but they had the play call. Where he switched it, yes, and it went I from, saw that. It, yeah, it went from a it went from a toss right to a toss left, and they picked up like twelve yards. Yes, so like I, that's where I say I think he's he had some people don't get that right. No, they no. check it out to a pass play. Go ahead. I'm so glad you brought this up because I was watching the game with my wife, and I'm like, did you see that? That was amazing. That was brilliant. She's like, what? <laughs> like it was, I, and I explained like, no, he hard counted to see the movement of the defense, saw where the pressure was coming. He was running right into the pressure, mm-hmm. and he thought to himself, "All right, if everyone's crashing right, there's going to be a gap in the left. Let's reverse the play." And it was brilliant. It was, it's what you need in a veteran quarterback, and that's you're seeing this out of him in his second year, which is which is a great sign. Yeah, like I said, I don't, I, I'm still not ready to crown him top five. No, right? no, no, I no, think no. There's, there's, uh, there's nice. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Thank you. I needed that vote of confidence today. Um, no, I'm not ready to crown him top five. I I would beg, you know, top ten, top twelve area, and that's okay. There's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Well, he doesn't make mistakes. Uh, I'm gonna take a Brock Purdy. I think now over maybe Dak. Because no. like you, you just don't know what you expect from Dak. At least with Purdy, you can get two fifty-three touchdowns and no turnovers. I think there's a weird perception of Brock Purdy. Everyone wants to say he's like a game manager. He's if you watch him play and how he plays, he's kind of a wild man. Like he he kind of plays with an effort attitude at times, where he tries to make plays that he probably shouldn't. And I think a lot of the time this year, he benefited from luck, where the like interceptable balls are not being intercepted and mistakes aren't mm-hmm. registering in a stat call category. Um, so 
I know you said he'll make this the smart play, but I don't think he always is that. And in fact, I think in the Super Bowl they called the game specifically so he could not make the dumb play and blow the game. Yeah, what once you just said that and I I had to th- I had to pull back the reins. I think he's going to grow into that. I think Shanahan scripts the play yeah. specifically for him to not make mistakes. Makes it easy. Because yeah, we, we saw Matt Ryan, you know, go to a Super Bowl off of like 45 touchdowns and like six turnovers. Yeah. So like I think he he's able to do that. And Jim, same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think that it that probably is more of a Shanahan. I would say the difference between a Shanahan and I know this is off topic, but not really. It's kind of related. And like a McVeigh, McVeigh will let his guy rip it. Just mm. fucking throw it down the field, and at least you're gonna get them to back up to try to open up the middle of the field for you. They didn't make a pass down the field past 25 yards the whole game. He he didn't throw a, not a single deep ball. I don't think the entire game. The longest remember. catch was off of the Juwan Johnson pass. <laughs> the McCaffrey. Like, yeah, like and it was a wide receiver throwing to a running back. Like that was the long and the one that went for Ayuk for 20. Ayuk caught it at like eight and turn it upfield for like 15 so like it's I, it's just like he he he's you're saying he plays with reckless abandon essentially that's like the phrase that i would imagine he makes throws that he shouldn't be making a lot of yeah. the time and i think because he has the team behind him where he's like oh, i can make a mistake here like i go ahead and do that but i i think that play showed me that he, he might have something in him to be able to do that. Here's the perfect encapsulation of what I'm talking about. It's like when they played the Ravens and got at their ass beat, there were several times that led to interceptions where the play was blown up and he's just like, oh, I can try. I could probably squeeze it in there. And it just blew up in his face and it was turned. He turned it over. I can't talk. I don't, I don't, I got to write it down because I don't want to lose. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, let's, thought, but go ahead. Let, let's, let's talk about the, uh, the, the Niners defense real quick, but, um, I, I you mentioned that that that, that double pass. It mm-hmm. was so obvious that it was a double pass as soon as he caught the ball because he he was I don't know like seven eight looking. yards behind the line <laughs> of scrimmage, and I'm surprised he made that throw because that thing looked like it was gonna get blown up completely. This just stayed in the air for so long. It was, it was enough for like for me to see it, look away, and then look back, and I was like, oh, it's it's still a pass play. <laughs> like that's that that's lucky. how bad that throw was. Uh, Niners defense. I thought I thought in general they played pretty well. I thought I thought the game plan was was smart, uh, and Tony Romo was just kept harping on it the entire time. It's like, as far as Mahomes is concerned, they tried to keep him east and west. Where one of the dangerous things about Mahomes is when he starts to move upfield, even as, not even just as a runner, but the opportunity to like be a running threat. Where now defensive backs, linebackers have to step up and and stop the run, which mm-hmm. creates some more space in the secondary. Um, you know, preventing him from being able to step up to create that space and also step up into the into the pocket and make the throw. Uh, it, w- it was a good idea by the 49ers. They they kept him horizontal the whole the whole game for the most part. At least they tried. Uh, they tried. Yeah. There were, I mean, I would say like several of his big running plays, especially the, like the twenty three yard run. Um, there were a lot of designed runs, which which were which which were interesting, but. Um, just going back to this, the Niners really quick, I thought they did a good job pretty much shutting down the run. Pacheco was pretty ineffective on the ground. And in the first half, I mean, when they sacked Mahomes in like the first quarter, I think it was Chase Young who got to him in the first time, I yep. was surprised because we haven't seen him get sacked almost at all, Mahomes that is, this postseason. So in general, I thought they played a good, they had a good game plan, the Niners defense. They played very well. 
just that third quarter and fourth quarter burned them because there was a couple of busted coverages where Kelsey got wide open. And I think the Chiefs kind of said, fuck it, we're going to put it on Mahomes' back and abandon the run and let him be our running threat. And it just, it's just, it's hard to stop Jordan, <laughs> you know? Very true. Um, two points that I want to make. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about the Mahomes thing. First one was, I don't know if it, if it happened to you, but I was starting to get absolutely aggravated at Tony Romo's commentary. I have never heard the phrase leverage used as many times as he did on Sunday. Like every time Kelsey was running a route, it's look at this leverage and blah, blah, blah. Or Ayuk, well, he had this leverage. leverage. It's like, are you trying to get the crowd to or the, you know, your audience to understand what this means? Because like, it ain't working, fam. Just like get off of that word. Like I even texted my group. I was like, who had the over and under for the word leverage being used? Because like it was every fucking drive. Uh, aside from that, the defense first half, they played the way they're supposed to get to the quarterback, cause issues, bump the receivers, be physical. Second half, they played scared. That I don't care what anybody says. They played to be like, let's just not let's not give up the 30-yard, 40-yard play, but let's give up the 20, let's give up the 15 to 20 underneath. They would be in man and people would just be scrambling. The Chiefs don't even use that much motion. If if they use motion, it'll be Kelsey's, you know, on the numbers. And then he he rotates all the way down to like where the the tackle is. Like he's not sprinting across the field, causing a whole bunch of issues outside of like when they do that red zone play on the goal line that won the game. The corn dog. They don't do yeah. They they don't do a lot of motion. But like Kelsey would go from one spot on the left to just like a closer spot for the line on the left, and the linebackers like, whoa, what the what's going on? Because like they're afraid of who's crossing. Yeah. And, and there were plenty of times where. They were just in man, and you could see as soon as one person just moved, everybody's staring at each other like, hey, do you got him? And it's like, now's not the time. Like, it's second half Super Bowl. Like, you got, like you should already have the get on them because of what they ran you in know, the first half. I think I think one thing that could, could have happened was that in the first half when you're seeing all, all that motion and crossing and, and that type, type of thing, you're just playing football. You're just reacting. And after seeing it for a whole half, you start to maybe overthink it and over communicate it. And you're trying to figure out who's taking who on handoffs. Like, are we switching this? Are you staying here? Are you, st- you know, do whatever, whatever. It's just sometimes it's just easier not to think and just play what you've been doing all year and just go with the flow of things. And I think in the second half, they kind of got in their own head and they, they were making mistakes as far as handing off the crosser. I think one of the biggest plays of the game was, I think it was like a fourth down or something like that. I forget exactly when it was either overtime or the end of the fourth quarter. And Kelsey comes over, like you said, crosses the wide receiver and just runs a post and no one, no one takes him. It's just because two DBs switched off on, on the wide receiver and they did, they, one of them tried to overthink it and communicate we're switching and the other one wasn't listening. And, you know, sometimes it's easier to stick to your fundamentals and maybe that's what kind of happened in the first half. They're just playing football. Um, and it, it eventually cost them the game. Like you said, they ran that corn dog play where, was it uh, was it, it wasn't MVS right? Who got the game winning touchdown? I got the game winner. It was uh the kid that got I mean Cole Hardman. Yeah, the kid that was on the Chiefs, left the Chiefs, then came back to the Chiefs. Okay, they ran the same play in the Super Bowl twice last year against yeah. the, against the Eagles. It's a fa- apparently a very effective play. I mean, it's it's a difficult play to cover. 
Yes, people just get very afraid. They get scared. They see guys sprinting across the field, and, and they're like, "I gotta beat him there because yeah. he's fast." And then they just overplay it. Um, what I mean, this is this is bo- to both um, both the the KC offense and the 49ers defense. I think they the reason why I said I think they lost the game in the first half is because of what the San Francisco 49ers were able to do and not do. So like a cater to both. Um, Kansas City's first half possessions. Three and out punt, four four plays punt, five plays they got to the red zone, fumble by Pacheco, three and out punt, 13 plays field goal. They caused four punts and a turnover, one, two, three, three punts, a turnover, and a field goal in the first half. It's crazy. And they were only up, they were only up seven. That that's where I think they started to get nervous and be like, shit, we've played our asses off. And it's a seven-point game with KC getting the ball after half, like flip of the switch. So I think, and I think uh, uh, that was when Mahomes threw a pick. So like they still even had the momentum. Mahomes threw a pick off, like a terrible throw. Yep, god awful overthrow, like one of the worst throws I've ever seen him make. But he he responded from it. But like San Francisco was like playing on eggshells. Like let's just let's just not give up the eighty-yard bomb, but. KC's offense hasn't done that all season. It's like they thought Tyreek Hill was back there and he they were just fuck it, Tyreek's down there. No, they're like, we're gonna here's a seven yard pass to Noah Gray. Here's an eight yard pass to Kelsey. Here's a six yard dig to MBS. Like they just took the dink and dumps and let their playmakers make plays. And and, and San Francisco just couldn't respond to it. Like they showed a graphic, not a graphic. They showed the defensive coordinator. I wish I knew his name. I'm sorry, San Francisco defensive coordinator. I don't know your name. I don't care less either. But like they showed him, he literally did one of these. Like he had the play sheet and he was like this. He looked. He did the shrug. I, like, I, don't, I don't know what to call. Like, like you said, Jordan's over there on the sideline. I mean, on the, on the field. They're like, I, guys, I got nothing. I try to call zone. He he surgically picks us apart. I call man. He throws crossers. I try to throw a blitz. He runs a screen. Like it's, it's just he he would Mahomes was one step ahead of them in this outside of that pick, outside of that pick in the second half. He was one step ahead of them, and I think it's it's what unfortunately came back to bite him in the ass. It was Steve Wilkes, by the way, the defensive coordinator. I was looking it up as you were talking. They they said his name plenty of times because they were trying to get him like airtime to like, oh, he could be a great, be a great head coach candidate next year. Nope, stick to being a D coordinator, man. Well, I I think you were right in the fact that they were very worried about getting burnt deep. Which I don't know, man. This the entire season, the Chiefs have shown you that they're not good over the top. They don't have any game game changers deep. Um, and I think it's especially true in the overtime period where they just kind of played super conservative defense, let Kansas City take what they want down the field, and that's kind of how they've won their games the past several weeks in the playoff, just grinding four yards at a time, five yards at a time. Um, you know, let's flip to the, four, the Chiefs. I think on the flip side, right? You want to go to the Chiefs? Do you want anything more on the 49ers defense? No, I thought we were going to split it up. We'll go to the halftime uh, afterwards. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, on the Chiefs side, I feel like they had a master class at the it was a master class for the Chiefs at the highest positions of leadership. And I'm talking about three positions. Quarterback, 
offensive coordinator, head coach, and defensive coordinator. Just starting with the Chiefs defense, right? We talked about how the 49ers played a very conservative brand of defense. I mean, it worked pretty well in the first half. Um, but for the Chiefs, like, Spagnuolo is a goddamn genius defensively. Incredible. Because he doesn't, he didn't always dial up the pressure, but he was very precise about when he did it. Mm-hmm. And he died, he, he made calculated decisions like, hey, if I blitz here, I think it was the overtime period. And he's like, if I don't blitz here and they get a first down, like, we are probably going to lose the game, right? So if they get a first down, we're going to lose the game. And he's like, fuck it. Like, this is the time to dial it up and get after Brock Purdy. He he waited for the right times, dial the pressure. And I feel like when they ran blitzes against 49ers, it was successful almost every time. Like, when they dialed it up, I can't remember a single time when the Chiefs um, did not get to the quarterback and got burnt for it. Yeah, I mean, they didn't take shots. So, like, they, they they didn't even get the quick dump passes, like checkdowns. He didn't have time to do that. This is hidden, right? It, what I'm about to give the information for. This was hidden in the game plan, and I think they executed it perfectly. Chris Jones is a game stopper, right? Like, he he's a game changer. He has ways of just, just interrupting everything, whether it's pass or run. There's a dude on their team named Mike Pennell Jr. I don't know if you caught this, but they subbed him in 10-year vet. They subbed him in at the perfect times. They would allow Jones to be out there for first down, Pennell be out there for second down, and then put Jones back out there for third for that. And if you ever go back and watch you know, the All-22 or any of the highlights, this dude, I was like, he got to be a big dude. Yeah, he is... 64330. He he caused enough he had six tackles, which for a D tackle, that's incredible to be in the backfield that much. He ain't tackling downfield, so like they're all behind the line of scrimmage. He was causing so many issues where they were able to do that. They didn't have to blitz every time. They didn't have to blitz on first, second, or uh, like did on third down, but they didn't have to blitz on first and second because they were using their spills. They were using their subs perfectly. And every time there was like a you know, they didn't run a toss, you know, San Francisco. Whenever they run a toss and they tried to run up the middle and, you know, McCaffrey would get two, three yards, yep. it was penal making a play. And the reason why that's huge is because it would allow Chris Jones on third down to just go balls to the fucking wall and give it everything because he knows if he gets the stop, they're off the field. I think they did a pretty good job to keeping contain on the run because I know that the 49ers... The stats won't show that, but there was a... Yeah. You can break off, you get 80 yards and you break off two 20 yard runs, and then the other 18 are two three yard carries. I think that's still a good job. Well, I mean, the 49ers weren't able to break outside pretty much at all. They did a good job of keeping um, the, the ends of the, the ends keeping the tackle, uh, you know, ends keeping contained. They did their most damage in probably like, what is it, like the C gap? You know, between the tackle, the tackle and tight end, yeah, zone um, toss. But overall, it's like, yeah, the 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 stretch zone had to be cut inside. They did a good job stuffing the the interior gaps, and they didn't let him get outside. So it could have been a lot worse. And McCaffrey looked really dangerous at times. Um, it could have been a lot worse. 
It's first half, they played like a very bend but don't break style defense, right? They gave up a ton of yards, but forced a turnover, forced a field goal, kept the, the Chiefs in and alive, which again, if you have Mahomes, the quarterback, the defense should just say, keep it a one possession game. That's all we need to do. They really stepped up in the second half. Overall, super impressive. Um, they, you know, crazy. They have two pretty much all pro cornerbacks uh, oh, who are Trent McDuffie yeah. and Ladarius Sneed. And they're both are in like what their second incredible. year. Incredible. Uh, Sneed's a little older, but okay. yeah, they're they ha- they're young. That yeah. old. I mean, we won't talk about futures yet, but that defense, outside of like some of their alignment, which I think it's Jones and the dude I just mentioned. Yeah, they they are young and they are good. Um, stat wise, because I know we were talking about KC. I think, oh, actually, hold on. I, I, I wrote it down. Can we, first, let me ask you this question. How did you feel about the whole Travis Kelsey and, and um wow, why am I blanking Andy on Reed, coach? Andy Reid. The whole, yeah, the whole bumping know, What was that all about? I, could, I was so confused. So, apparently, um, apparently uh, Kelsey was open on a pass, and Mahomes missed him, and Kelsey's like, I want the ball. Like, I haven't got the ball. I haven't gotten targeted, blah, blah, blah. So, like, Andy Reid was looking this way. Kelsey came from up behind him and, like, bumped him and then grabbed his arm. And, like, the whole fucking world is, like, losing it. Like, that's so disrespectful. Like, I got guys that, like, I've played ball with that are like, oh, like, he he should never be like that. We got other people, like, in the NFL tweeting, like, if it were me, I would have been kicked out the league. First off, shut the fuck up. It's the Super Bowl, right? Like, people are emotionally invested in the crowd. What the hell do you think the players are, right? Like, they, an all-pro Hall of Fame tight end wants the ball. Yes, he's got, and he's already emotional. Like, he's an emotional player be, be, without it being the Super Bowl. Like, we are, we all know that. Yes. Do I think, like, if he grabbed him, shook him, and give me the ball, then, yeah, that'd be a fucking problem. But, like, he grabbed him was like, pass me the ball. Playmakers want to make a play. And I got nothing wrong. I got no problem with that. But, like, the backlash that people are like, he's a baby and he needs to just... Dog, shut up. You ain't never been in a Super Bowl. You ain't never played in a sport where it's, like, that important for you. So, like, don't don't cry about a professional athlete saying, give me the fucking rock. Like, he wants to win. I don't... I think also people underestimate like the relationships people have in that sort of organized, like maybe not that organization, but like if you're in a high level professional football organization and you have a star tight end and a coach, like, I don't know, man, you, you play pickup, you play whatever. Like if you're good and close to people, people, you can be real with people and like get in their shit. If things are going bad, like let's fucking go. Like you're playing like shit, like fucking play better. Like, I don't know. It's not like you're going to your boss in an office job and yelling at them. Like they have a relationship, and I'm sure Andy Reid has dealt with personalities, especially Travis Kelsey, and I'm sure they've had back and forth before that are contentious. I'm sure this isn't the first time there's been a shouting dis- dispute between the two people, and you know it's high emotion, and sometimes that's just how people are, and like maybe that's how the relationship is. I don't think Andy Reid took any disrespect to it. No, I think um, Boog from uh, from from ESPN said it because like somebody brought that up. It's like, well, this would be unacceptable in the workplace. And he's like, dog, these human beings get paid to literally beat the shit out of each other. Like their job is to be warriors, get the crap kicked out of you, and you kick the crap out of somebody else. This ain't a white, a blue collar job where like, yeah, if I walk up into you know HR and be like, yo. 
pay me more money and shake the HR, you know, manager. I'm fired. But no, that's because that's not our job. My job is to hit somebody in the NFL. So, yes, anybody can get hit. Just like you, you're a coach, you can get hit. I say throw a punch like Draymond and, and, and Poole. We don't need to do that. But, like, it's high emotion. It's the Super Bowl. It's literally the, the last game. Could be some people's last game of their career. Like, yeah, emotions Bruh, are going to be high. Everyone idolizes Michael Jordan. He punched Steve Kerr in the face in practice. In the face. Like, well, it wasn't videotaped. That's the thing is is social media wasn't around. Y'all don't think that MJ was an asshole. Like MJ was what, the biggest asshole in the world, d- man. Dog, what they did in in the last ride was that what it was last called? Last dance. Last dance was like like the PG version. I know we're going off, but like that yeah. was the PG version of Michael Jordan. So like Scotty Pippen won't even talk to him. I mean, there's other reasons. <laughs> yeah, that. we won't get <laughs> it. Ain't just episode. because of what they. Did on the Bulls, bro. <laughs> He's got a son doing some other stuff. We'll just leave it. They ain't at that. together no more. Apparently, oh, okay. according to a couple of you know Instagram handles that I follow, like the Shade Room. Yeah, Scotty Pippen, no Lar- Larza Pippen, whatever her name is, and mm. Michael Jordan's son. Yeah, they're no longer a thing. <laughs> Anyways, Chiefs defense. Uh, you know, I I I think they unlocked something in the second half. They found some success and. Timely blitzes of Brock Purdy. He wasn't able to handle it. There was not a single time when, again, he got blitzed and Brock Purdy made him pay for it. Um, yeah, and this we'll talk in the, again a little bit about the Chiefs' future, but this defense is young. They're dangerous. They might not have Chris Jones next year. He's probably going to be gone and get paid elsewhere, but kudos to the Chiefs' defense because they really locked it down in the second half and, and took care of business for them. Yeah, I mean... Wh- I, I want to. I know you were talking about the defense, but I don't want to miss out on this point because I wrote it down. Yeah. Um, what would you call? What would you consider the play of? If there was a, a play that you think changed the game, or you would call the play of the game, what would you call it? Which one did you, could you remember? Because you'll it, never guess. It was mine. a weird Super Bowl because I don't feel like there was like one single play that made or broke the game. But if I had to, the kind of just nominate. Two, sure. Number one, the first one's the obvious one is the the punt hitting off of the player's foot because yep. that that directly led to. I don't know if that was a three point or a seven point swing, um, but it, a touchdown. Casey scored a touchdown. Okay, it was a huge swing, and I just can't believe that happens, man. Poison. You just got to yell poison. Get the fuck out the way. I don't know how how that was missed. Uh, the weird one that I have, I think, was a huge play in the game, which I don't know if a lot of people noticed. Uh, overtime starts. 49ers are absolutely fucking driving down the field. The Chiefs look exhausted on defense. They're running down the Chiefs' throat. Yep. Um, you hit one play. I forget. I think it was like second down. It was like second and five or second and four. Like there was positive game script. Uh, Niners are on like the 30 yard line. It looks like they're going to punch this thing in and win the Super Bowl. McCaffrey has to come out because he's winded. Kittle yeah, gets dinged up and has to come out and then they run a run play on second and four Mozart goes nowhere and the guy who came in for Kittle commits a holding penalty sets him back it ends up in a field goal because then on third down they blitz the hell out of um, Purdy so I think that's low key like one of the biggest plays of the game where you had those two guys goes out directly leads to a, a penalty which gives you the field goal and you know Mahomes does his thing 
I'm I'm with you on that one because you texted me on that. You were like, ooh, uh, Kittle and McCaffrey being out for that play was huge. Yeah, Mitchell didn't go anywhere, and then the backup tight end got a hold. Yep. Um, so I, I'm not I'm not against either one of those, whether it's that play or the fumble. I got one for you, and I think this is where I was like, he's he's the, not not that Mahomes wasn't the one before this, but this was like, yeah, he's he's this guy now. Um, it was an incomplete pass. It was third and ten, and uh, sorry, it was uh, yeah, it was third and ten, second and ten. My apologies, second and ten, and Mahomes goes back to throw, and he goes to scramble, and blitz is coming. He moves out of the way, right, and he goes and looks downfield. Nope, out of bounds. Throws it over Rasheed Rice's mm-hmm. head. Reason why I say that, Mahomes two years ago would have let that shit rip. Double coverage, potentially an interception, puts the game away. This time, he throws it over Rishi Rice's head. The next play, 15 yards right down the middle to Kelsey. First down, they drive down the field, get the game-tying touchdown, game-tying field goal. That play was like, I know we don't want to glorify incomplete passes, but it's what he did after was like, wow, he's he's maturing. He's getting into that spot where you're like, what the fuck can we do to stop him? Like, he's not going to make that mistake. He's not going to make the dumb play that so many quarterbacks do where they're like, this is my chance. This is my moment. I'm going to launch it downfield, and this is the game-changing touchdown or game-changing 60-yard pass. And Mahomes was like, I could do that, or I could make this pass incomplete. Let's get the first down on the next play. Laser across the middle to Kelsey for 15, and it's like, that's – He's that guy now. He's that guy that would be like, I don't need to make a big play, a splash, Instagram, million likes and views. I'm going to take the check down if it's there, throw it incomplete, and then I'm going to go ahead and get us the first down on the next play. Yeah, I was not going to say incomplete pass is the most <laughs> impressive play of the game. Uh, Casey offense wasn't super impressive the whole game. I wouldn't say that any one player uh, really stood out to me. I mean, Kelsey was pretty quiet in the first, first half, but... They, it's just, it's crazy the the chemistry between Kelsey and Mahomes. It kind of reminds me of Brady and Gronk, where Kelsey isn't the most agile, fastest guy anymore. But they just have such a timing between the two that it's just the ball's in the right spot, at the right time. Um, leverage, leverage. Yeah, I don't know why. I think maybe Tony Rumble's just not a good commentator and he just gets stuck <laughs> on words. But uh, going back to Kansas City, you know what really drove them to success and and ultimately the victory here is. You know, Mahomes is the complete package where, yeah, like you said, he is making the right plays at all time, accurate, big arm. But unlike the guy he's compared to as far as the GOAT debate, right, Tom Brady, the ability of Mahomes to make plays with his feet really set the Chiefs apart. Um, there were a couple design, like design runs where he <laughs> legitimately ripped off 15, 20 yards and just kept drives alive. I don't know what you're supposed to do with this guy. And, you know, this might, I'm trying to think, like, is this the worst offensive unit, like, not non quarterback, like the offensive skill players that has ever won a Super Bowl? I mean, I'm sure Eli has something to say about that with some of his Plaxico Burris and Ahmad Bradshaw <laughs> lineups that they had with the Giants. Their defense was That's incredible. Fair. I but mean, like, Plaxico, I know you're, I know you're saying all the wide receivers that Mahomes has. No, Rashi Rice is better than Plaxico Burris. Nah, he's still young. He will, he might be though one day. 
Okay. Yeah, I don't. No need for a back and forth on that one. Yeah. But yeah, I would say it's it's definitely not one of the most high powered offenses. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Um, and they they pulled back the reins even more because of like their non big play ability. Next year, I think they break the fucking bank and go out there and get a stud wide receiver. Uh, because I don't think Mahomes would want to deal with that again. Uh, that being said, I think what they were able to do very pedestrian, but what's one it's just now this is the talk this is exactly what's going to happen for the next 15 years unfortunately is is mahomes is brady-esque he's just going to make the play that's going to help them win the game and lull you to sleep with these passes inside the numbers that hit you for one that's on the sideline for a first down you think that he's you know you're sleeping and it's a it's gonna be a short pass over the top for a touchdown those read option plays look I'm not ready. I'm not ready to call Andy Reid the best coach of all time, greatest quarterback, greatest coach of all time. Never. I don't think I'm ready to do that. I think Belichick's got that wrapped up. But they waited to the perfect fucking time to run read option because they didn't run that play the entire season. Nope. No, not once did anybody think Mahomes was keeping Joey Boat. No, I get him wrong. Nick Bosa looked so confused on the first one that they ran. Like yeah. he he didn't give he, he held. So for those that don't know, read option is you don't block the best player on defense. You literally let him just be an athlete and, and hope that he's just dumb as a bucket of shrimp. And as soon as they snapped it and he had nobody blocking him, he's like, I got this. And he just fakes it. And Bose is like, shit, he doesn't have the ball. Like he literally stopped <laughs> mid-play was like, Who's got the ball? And Mahomes just screams around the corner for 20. It's like, and then they did it twice. Like, Bose is like, I don't know what to do. I And I have no idea what to do. And everybody in San Francisco is fucking throwing their hands up. Like, he can pass it for 20. He can pass it for 60. Or they can run read options. What the hell can we do to stop this? And I, I was dying when I saw Bose get in the backfield and be like, what the hell? <laughs> I don't know what you're supposed to do with Mahomes, man. I just don't at this point. He's just too damn good. I do have a yep. bone to pick with uh, the MVP, though. I thought they gave it to the wrong person. You don't think it should have gone to Mahomes? Bro, you saw my guy Harrison Bucker out there nailing oh fucking banging God. field goals. That dude, man, he was he four for four, just banging fifty eight yarders like the oh, longest. 50. Like it's nothing. Yeah, man, like that dude kept him in the game for the longest time. I that dude needs some shouts. My wife was out there; she pulled up the app and she's like voting for the kicker. She's like, "I want this Bucker guy to win." I'm just so, telling her it's all fake. It doesn't matter. Give it to Mahomes, but no, no, they're never gonna do that for a special teams player. Um, I think, I mean, he's getting up there with like Tucker when it comes to best kickers Impressive. in the NFL. But special teams, just in general, wow. Oh yeah, they, KC controlled that. I mean, yeah, we could say the you know the the fumble obviously helps, but just the the kick coverage, right? Like they. Townsend got them out of a spot where like he was kicking from like inside his 10 and put in San Francisco back inside like their 30. Like he booted one of them. And it's just like, that's a, I know those that like, you know, casuals, they don't really care about punting and you know how much I hate kickers, but like that flips the field when like you're all right, you know, you bad punt and now you're three play three first downs away from being in the red zone versus six first downs to be in the red zone. No, like, dude, huge difference. Special teams was fucking huge in the favor of the Kansas City Chiefs. It might be the biggest reason why they won because they were money 
on field goal kicks. Obviously, the uh, punt, the punt return turnover in their favor. I forgot to mention the missed extra point, the block extra point, oh which was goodness. huge. It ended, up, it ended up by letting the, the field goal tie the game. And did the did the uh, 49ers kicker miss a field goal as well? Uh, I'd have to double check on that one, but okay, I, believe I know he just did. missed the extra point. I'll check to see if he missed a field goal. Well, yeah, man. Special teams, huge, 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 huge in the Chiefs. No, he didn't miss a field goal, just the extra point. Okay. He he blasted one where I thought it was going to get blocked. Um, It was a low... It was, I mean, the one the extra point to get blocked, but it was yeah. a low-line drive, and it was a deep one, too. I think it was to put them up by three. It's like, you get, you get this shit blocked. Like, that's game over, and... DN came out, you know, screaming out the off the uh, outside. I was like, "Oh, that's blocked!" And he just squeezed it through, and it was like a line drive. Like, it was good by like ten yards, but it was just a low line drive. I want to talk about the futures of both teams, but really quick, yeah. A question I've heard pondered back and forth, and I feel like it's hard to answer. Right? I have my opinion, but I don't know if it's the right one. Overtime? Are you kicking the ball if you're getting if you have the option? or are you taking the ball first? So first, before we even get to that, I'll I'll be the first to admit I had no idea how the rules were set up for the Super Bowl. I thought the game was about to end when the clock hit zero. My heart was pounding. Like, even you can ask the missus. I was just like, what? Hurry up. Why are we taking... Yeah, I was like, why are we walking to the the line of scrimmage? But um, if I'm... If I'm San Francisco, this is revisionist history, obviously, and I think he played it incorrectly with the weight with what he spoke, with that being Kyle Shanahan. I'm kicking the ball. I, I'm I'm playing it just like college football. Let them fuck up. Let them score and allow me to figure out what well, I need to do to, to 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 score after. What's up? Maybe I don't know the rules, but I'm pretty sure if KC scores a touchdown, the game's over, right? If they get no. the ball. No, they no. changed so this it's a rebuttal. Bolt. Yeah, playoffs is both re- is a rebuttal. So if you, it used to be score a touchdown, game over. Then it was. Um, then they changed it to because of what happened with KC and Buffalo a couple of years ago, where KC got the ball first, they scored a touchdown. Like oh, Josh Allen didn't even get a chance. Oh. So they changed the rule to if you score a touchdown, they get a rebuttal. If they score a field goal, other team gets a rebuttal. But what? if you throw a pick six, game is over. Wait, hold on one second. Mm-hmm. So when the regular season, it's score touchdown first over game over. Yep. I did not realize the playoff rules were different where you get to rebuttal. Yeah. Why the fuck would you take the ball first then? Because Kyle Shanahan shit his pants and oh his reasoning, God. his logic behind it. I get it, but it still didn't make no, sense because he logic. said he wanted the third possession. He wanted to score. Know that KC wasn't going to be able to score, but give my team the ability to score after that. And it's like, no, you're putting a lot of you know confidence into your defense, which is fair. But that dude on the other side is different. He 15 well, ain't ain't you know he ain't Lamar. He ain't Joey. He might be the the, Joey di- the difference is that Kansas City can now play the game, knowing whether or not they have an extra down, they have to go for it, right? So like if if the 49ers score a touchdown, and it's fourth and two. And you're in field goal range, you know it's it's you're going for it, and you can play third down the same way, where you don't have to get five yards on third down. You can just get three and get two the next play. That's I can't believe they botched it that bad. Yeah, they they shit. If there was, I'm not again. Again, these are things that I don't want to take credit for, but like I know that there's 
<clears throat> you don't lose a game off of one play. I don't care what anybody says. There's things that lead up to it. Shanahan wasn't out there when home dude let the ball kick, you know, hit him in the foot on punt, right? It just he wasn't out there for that. Shanahan also wasn't out there when Christian McCaffrey fumbled for the first time, like all season in the red zone. So, like th- these were things that like helped the KC stay in the game, right? So I'm not gonna say him making that decision lost them the game, but it sure as hell is gonna have him pointing people pointing the finger yeah. at him. And I think I think he for knowing the rules, I think he had a, a brain fart and he was like, Oh yeah, let, let's let's get the ball, let's score first and game over. And then people were like, mm, nah, man, that's that hey, yeah, that ain't it. That's not the game. If if we score first, it's not the game. And he oh. Like I, I, I that's what happened. I'm, he was like, "Oh, I didn't know how the rules worked." I'm, I'm. Dude, there's no way he didn't fuck it up and just not know what's going on. That's crazy. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that will say, like, obviously the you know, um, history is written by the winners, right? And everybody in KC was like, "Yeah, we had these meetings every fucking day." Like, uh, Andy Reid went over the overtime rules after practice every day for the past two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. It's like, no, he fucking did it. There's no chance. It's just it was such a bad. You know, bad uh, play call. I'm gonna say play call. Bad decision to to get the ball first. Yeah, you don't even do that in 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 the beginning of the game. Like you defer the, yeah. the opportunity to get the ball to double dip, right? Mm-hmm. Score before halftime and then score after halftime. So I think it just, the moment just got caught up for. Is him. that why they defer? Made a bonehead play. I've always yeah. thought the 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 benefit of deferring is knowing. The game plan, like so, like if you're down two touchdowns, like you know you can be when you get the next possession after halftime, you can be more aggressive. Like I gotta throw the ball, whereas you know, I mean, you can actually double dip. Okay, I mean, you you can score first and then I don't know, it makes no sense. But anyways, New England benefited for that for twenty years. They would play, they'd play offense and defense to get the ball back with under two minutes left in the second quarter. So that they could score, kick a field goal or a touchdown, and then get the ball after half and score, kick a field goal or yeah. touchdown. I would argue it's probably more beneficial just to have an extra possession where you know how you need to have a game plan scripted, like whether run or pass. Anywho, uh, really quick, let's just go on to the f- both teams' futures: the Chiefs and 49ers. I'll let you start. Uh, 49ers, really quick. Like we don't know how long this is going to hold for them. At some point. Uh, at least not yeah, next year, but the year. yeah, at least not this year, but next year, we're going to have to make a decision with Brock Purdy. Um, it's going to be really hard to manage all these salaries. So, like, are you optimistic about this team's future? Are you pessimistic? Where are you? I am saying their window is open. There are teams that I think their windows have closed after this season, or it's you know it's creaked open, right? Like you feel a little breeze, but you sure as hell don't get all the air from outside. Uh, I don't think their window is closed yet with their contracts because of the money that they're paying Purdy. He's going to hold out this year. I'll bet my bottom dollar he goes into po- into training camp. He's like, I'm not playing. Extend me or find a QB. And I think he's going to play hardball with that. But I think they have one more season with this group. You might see some people leave on defense. Um, Bosa's not going anywhere. Warner's not going anywhere. And Greenwood is it is it Greenwood the dude that got hurt? Law. Greenlaw. Greenlaw. Uh Greenlaw is not going anywhere. So that's your core. And they paid Debo. Ayuk is still under contract. Kittle is I don't think Kittle Kittle is uh, I mean, even as a tight end, I don't think tight ends are like high commodities. So like I think he'll he'll be there. 
and uh, Trent Williams is most likely going to retire. I know he's up there in age, but their core is going to be together. So, like, I, I think they still are decent. They, I think they need DBs, um, which is going to help them out. Uh, but I think their their core is fine. Their be- their future isn't bright. They just have like an extra year. Yeah, I mean they got they have a really strong roster. Most of them coming back, like you said. Um, for me, it's like yeah, next year or bust. Right? Maybe they should make yeah. some aggressive moves next year. Almost do like um, the Rams thing, St. Louis. Yep. Where or, they oh, LA. yeah the L A Rams where they kind of threw all the chips in the pot to get Matt Stafford. They said screw the future. We're playing for now, and they won a Super Bowl. Right. And like, yeah, now it's kind of tough for them because they don't have all that draft capital, but they won the Super Bowl. Right. And if you're a 49ers fan, you're looking around the NFC. It's like, well, the Eagles look like they're falling apart. The Lions are pretty good. But like outside of those teams, like the NFC South, we we were both fans of that division. We know what that is. It's Why like, you got to take shots at the NFC South? But I'm just saying, like, if you're the Niners, you're looking around saying, man, we could definitely win the NFC and go back to Super Bowl. Why not throw your chips in? Because it's going to start getting expensive. You're going to start losing guys a year from now, two years from now. Um, so, yeah, and they're actually favorites right now to win the Super Bowl next year, the 49ers. They're favorite, they're, and I think the logic is that while we might think the Chiefs are the better football team, they have a much more difficult road, road in the AFC. True. Um, Very true. Talking about the Chiefs, though, you know, they pros and cons about the Chiefs' future Pros, really young defense. You're very excited about them. Cons, obviously, you have a lot of work to do around your offensive skill guys and potentially losing one of your best players in Chris Jones. I would say the offensive deficiencies is almost a pro. And and hear me out. And the fact that you won the Super Bowl with such a shit supporting cast on offense that the... The bar is so low, I think you can easily improve there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Travis Kelsey retired after this year. I don't know he will, but he's my he's he's my age. He's about to be 35. Um, just won the Super Bowl back-to-back. Like, for what? You're, you're dating Taylor Swift. Two back-to-back Super Bowls. Like, dude, just go off in the sunset at this point. Um, but for me, like you said, let's break the bank a little bit. If we had, I don't know what their flexibility is. Let's bring in some talent wide receiver to make this a little better for Patrick Mahomes because he's going to lose his goddamn mind. I don't think you're bringing back Chris Jones, but again, your your secondary guys are so young that you're pretty optimistic about that. Maybe you can find someone who has some productivity, but you're not going to replace Chris Jones. I'm not at all pessimistic about the Chiefs. I just think um, they might be the best team in the AFC, but again, the road's really hard. You're going to have to go with the Ravens. You're going to have Joe Burrow back with the... Bengals, um, the Chargers are presumably a little better now. There's like a lot of good teams in the AFC to get through. Uh, I was trying to see if this was working. Can you hear that? Nah, but it's a oh, good thought. Damn, I was trying. I was trying to play the. Uh, I was trying to play the the Shane McMahon. Here comes the money song. Here comes the money. Um, but yes, they're, they're going to break the bank. They're 100% going to break the bank. I don't know to, if Chris... There you go. I, I got you. I got to find a way to send it to the roadcaster. I'm sorry. It's sent to the roadcaster. I got to find a way for it to send from the roadcaster to this. I'll figure that out. All right. um, but yeah, so they're, they're going to spend a shit ton of money this season. Uh, 100%. Because like you mentioned, Mahomes ain't going to want to deal with this again. 
he's proven that he can win with what he has, which is lackluster talent. We'll say that, right? Uh, I don't think they're going to go sign a running back or anything like that, but they're going to go get a definitive number one. They're going to make Rasheed a 1B, Rasheed Rice a 1B, and Kelsey might retire, but I think he's having fun. Um, wouldn't be surprised if this was thrown out there if Jason Kelsey signs on a low contract for them just to, you know, we saw Mc, um, is it McDuffie? It's not McDuffie that's their center also, is it? I don't know. I don't know, but it's something. Um, but he's he he had some you know tough snaps. I think one of them was a fumble actually in the Super Bowl. So like there was some things that were jumping around saying just Jason Kelsey could go play with his brother next season. Um, this name that I think is going to be very very interesting for next season. Mark my words, February thirteenth, T Higgins. I mm. think they go out there and go, yo, you used to play with Joey, come play with Patty, and I think that is somebody that they throw the fucking Brinks truck at just to be like, we want you to be a number one on a team with the best quarterback in the NFL. You'll find ways to, you know, replace a Chris Jones, which I thought the whole thing with getting rid of Tyreek Hill was so that they could sign Chris Jones. But like, maybe that was three years ago. So like it might've, it might've caught up by now. Um, But yeah, I think, I think their number one target is T Higgins. And I think he would be, absolutely incredible for that team that would be fun i don't i don't know again like how much cap room they have t higgins is going to probably want like the the biggest contract for wide receiver ever or something patrick mahomes will delay brad we've seen it yeah and this is why it's it's incredible like what he's doing in like the social media world because this is this was appreciated on the tail end of brady's career because like you know media and whatnot like people announcing bread like how much money they were making early 2000s you know mid 2010s when we were in high school college social media was like kind of getting up there so like this type of information twitter wasn't really released right like people's bread you would just be like oh they signed x amount of money cool we don't know how much that is towards the cap but like they're getting money then towards the end we find out brady's taking cuts he's taking cuts because of you know he wants to be able to sign people Mahomes is doing these same things where he's like, yo, delay my bread. Just give me guaranteed money. Give me a signing bonus. Bring him in. I I want him. And he's got three rings to to back it up to be like, yes, if I want that, I want him. This is just a tangent. We'll get on to the halftime show in a second. But Mm -hmm. we see this a lot in football, right? I'm surprised we don't see this in basketball at all. Like LeBron, I, I was crazy to, I didn't realize how much LeBron was making this year and what his option is next year. I think he's like a $55 million option next year. Yep. If he just wants to get a ring, like why doesn't he just take like $1 million? He has all the money in the world and just, and then just give it to like another superstar and win a, win a title. I don't understand. You could do that easily. I don't think you can. I think you told me this, uh, the NFL, P, the NBA PA won't allow that to happen. Really? I, <clears throat> I think you were the one that told me because I don't know if I brought this I up, but I think you mentioned this in a previous episode that like you can't allow a high, high uh, profile athlete in the NBA to make that much. I don't know if it's because it's a hard cap, meaning like there's no signing bonus in the NBA. So like, <clears throat> you know, if, if LeBron's like, I only want $1 million, I think that would be, I, I don't know if it's against the rules. Well, I, I we'd have to research it, it, but I don't I, think, why would it be? 
because of his tenure, because of his All NBA status, you can because sign of a, like what a veteran minimum for like two billion. I know. I I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. But I'm not you know, trying to tell him to take. I I mean, if you want the money, fine. Like I'm just saying, you could. I don't. I'm surprised you don't see more NBA guys do this, especially like a guy like LeBron who's worth probably billion dollars or something like that. NBA players are much more selfish than NFL players. I guess and so. I don't. I don't think there's an even debate on that. It's just it's the proof is in the pudding. Real quick, did you were you a fan of the halftime show? Loved it. Um, I think it started off slow. Once they started bringing out some other um, performers, I was like, "All right, cool." Because like somebody had mentioned, it's like we he's going through his whole catalog, but like it's like twenty seconds each song, so like you didn't really get to enjoy it. Uh, but well, you know, when they brought out Jermaine Dupri, we all thought, um, "No, sorry, they brought out Jermaine Dupri, which was cool." Then they brought out Will I Am, which I think a lot of people thought was Kanye at first. Just because I thought it was like Kanye. The whole I thought yeah, it was Kanye. Yeah, she said it. She's like, is that Kanye? And I was like, what song does Usher have with Kanye? I can't remember. Um, but you know, that was that was dope. And then I, I got even I got hyped Lil when John? I saw Ludacris. No, no, Ludacris. Oh. <laughs> Ludacris is my guy, bro. Like yeah. the, I I'm a big fan of, of Luda. Um, you know, Lil John was cool. Lil John like, the I, crowd. I was up there. I love yeah. Lil John the crowd singing uh turned down for what? That was my yep. shit. That was yeah. great. So the the crazy part was I like you can obviously see like all the people that were there. I was like, you do you know how fucking amped those people must be with that? Like th- they must be just like blasted out of their mind of just like, oh, I'm going ham on this Super Bowl field. Like fuck the grass. Like I'm gonna just I'm gonna try to beat this shit up. Like it was, it was. I thought it was. I I loved it because of the performer itself. Uh, I wish the Alicia Keys. I cannot forget about Alicia Keys and her, another great vocalist. Um, she was she was she was really good on the um, on the guitar. She played one of the solos um, for for Let It Burn, which is an incredible guitar solo, uh, and she she nailed it. So I thought it was it was good. It was good. Not the, not you know ready to say greatest all you know halftime show of all time, but I would say it was up there for for a really good performance. <laughs> It definitely blew last year out of the water. Like Rihanna's fine. I, I didn't think it was anything special, but um, I Rihanna said, wasn't I, last year. Who was last year? Fifty was, Cent. That was Snoop, year before that. Dre. That was. Oh, that was. That. Yeah. Oh, that was two years ago. Oh, wow. Wow. Fat Fifty was two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> he's skinny now. I I he sent is. you a hot take. I actually thought the uh, Usher one was. Oh, better. it was Rihanna. She was pregnant. Yeah, because she did a little baby thing at the end. Everybody's yeah. like, oh. My <laughs> Everyone lost their mind. Yeah, I, I thought uh, Usher was better than the Fifty Cent, Snoop Dogg, Dre one, just because again that one was pretty cool. Like I liked, I liked their uh, their selection of artists in the catalog. But dude, the Usher one was so like the choreo- the choreography and just like the way everything seamlessly went together was it was really cool. It was really cool, man. I don't think people really appreciated how how many bangers Usher put out. Like I don't think he drops a song that misses. No. It's it's usually something that you can remember. It's usually something that it has some type of nostalgia, you know, assigned to it. Like, all right, I remember when this song came out, I was in seventh grade. Here's- I remember when this song came out, I was in college. Like he he's done an incredible job being one of the best R and B hip hop artists like of all time. Here's an example of of that to a T. I wasn't excited for Usher at all. I was like, whatever, it's Usher. And then when he started, I'm like, oh, I know that song. Oh, another song, and like every song, I'm like oh shit, like I was, I was fully bought in. I was fully bought in. That was uh, so. Yes, I would agree. Although I love, I'm, a, I'm a West Coast music lover, and and Fifty Cent is probably one of. I can't even say probably he is. He probably I won't say probably he is my favorite 
artists of all time. Like I think what he did in like the early 2000s was incredible. Get Rich or Die Trying. When they came out two years ago, when Snoop dropped his and Dre's dropped his, we're like, oh well, this is NWA. Like this is back in the day, early 90s. So like I loved it. But there's only so many songs that you can kind of rep to, especially on live TV. Yeah. So it was cool. And then Eminem obviously did his thing, but he's not gonna drop his Marshall Mathers stuff, right? Yeah. Like it's it's PG TV. Yeah. So when Usher did it, it was like you were just saying. Oh, I know this song. Oh, I know this song. Oh, damn, I know this song. It was just one after another after another of just like, damn, these songs, they just hit. And it's, yeah, it's a, every single song was a banging. And then they went out and did, hey, look, I don't care. I'm, I'm old school, old head, I think is the phrase for us, you know, people my age now. If I see people dancing on some roller skates, I'm all for it. Yeah, but buddy. I think that like roll bounce shit, like I love that. And when they came out and started doing the two step on roller skates, I was ready to just run around my whole living room, just start doing the same shit. It was cool. I gotta get you a pair of roller blades, man. I I, I got a roller blades. Skates. No, 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 no blades. We uh, we passed I mean, that. I, roller skates. Give me the four wheel. I can, maybe even the brake on the back. I don't want to fall. I can do both, but you I, I do the roller blades outside downhill, like going like a madman. So when, like I'm on that brink shit. In, you know that when I lived brink? in Florida, I was a rollerblade guy. Yeah. I was like at the at the skating rink, like, Hell oh, yeah. we doing races. Like that's when like Lil John's music. No, no, no. This is actually mystical and like a lot older than that. Holy shit. Hey man. Now that I think about the that younger kids Pablo. will never know how great as like a 10, 12 year old it was on the weekends to go to the roller rink and they just had a DJ and were playing jams and you were, you know, you're like 12, like feeling like the man trying to hit on, hit on chicks at the rink. Like that man, oh, yeah. good times, good times. Definitely good times. My only, my only thing I was sad about the halftime show is they, they teased, they teased to the window, to the wall. They, they played the beat and I'm like, Oh my God, are they going to sing this? Like, on no, they, they just played the beat and you know, yeah, they you can't. You can't because then you got six year olds screaming out those sweat falls down my balls, like to all these bitches crawl. Because like, oh, ain't nobody saying females, I'll tell you that. Nah. There's a lot of drinking at the Super Bowl. Ain't nobody uh. in the goddamn stadium saying females fall. So we can't, we, we got to keep it a little PG. And Usher had his little Zach, uh, no, I almost said Zach Levine, Adam Levine moment, yeah. right? Remember when that happened? Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. when the five came out and he took off his shirt and everybody was like, what are you doing? And then Usher was like, I don't give a damn. <laughs> he took his off. I was like, all right, man. Like, in good shape, dog. You, you, now. you 40 years old flexing the pecs, bro. Like, chill out. Do you, man? Do you? Hey, good Super Bowl. Great football season. We'll we'll be set on stock football for a while. We'll talk on the draft when it comes around. But, hey, it's been fun, man. We'll be, uh, be a mostly basketball from now on. Let's get to closing takes and get the hell out of here. The show is coming to an end. But first, it's time to get to anything we've missed. It's closing time. One segment, two takes. Go. Closing takes, a chance for us to go off script and kind of go wherever we want. Pop culture, sports, wherever you want to go. I lied, D. We're going back to football right now. <laughs> okay. This one's for you because I saw this story right before we met. College football, baby. February 20th, having a little meeting to discuss the expansion. I didn't know what the uh, potential layout would be. I'm excited, though. Did you hear what the layout is going to be? Uh, I don't know if I did. I'll tell you. 12 teams, it's a 5 plus 7 format, which means the five conference champions automatically oh, in, baby. Automatic so qualifiers. Seven, uh, uh, seven at large? Seven at large. 
I like that. So every conference will get uh, a representative, Every uh, all the five, which it's very confusing because who are the five? Let's be honest, like SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, ACC. Is Pac-12 still a thing anymore? No, Pac-12 is, is disbanded. Um, the American Conference. That's so apparently there it, there's hold off on the five plus seven because the two holdouts are the two people still in the Pac-12 and they're not quite agreeing to this yet, this format, because they're like, whoa, 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 buddy. Let us figure our shit out in the Pac-12 first. And then we'll... Pac-12's come. disbanded. There's nothing to figure out. They still... Who's left in the Pac-12? Oregon? Nobody. Oregon State and Washington State are still in the Pac-12. So they want to they maybe try to keep this thing going, I, I, it looks like. But anyways, 5 plus 7, I think it's a really good format so we can, you know make being a conference champion important and then seven of the best teams remaining highest ranked it's gonna be fun yeah i i mean i'm all for it no matter how they figured it out i was gonna be a fan of it i think even if they just did the top 12 teams nobody's arguing number 13 and 14 trying to make it in right like I, i don't care about that so if they do conference champions i like it although you know an american conference champion being i think that conference is like It'd be like Memphis Syracuse, or yeah, like it's, Memphis, it's, it's not Memphis and SMU. Good. I think SMU was a champ this year. Yeah, so it's like it's 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 very mid, right? Like very very mid teams. But you just you never know. It's in a tournament style. Any any given Sunday, especially you know for college football, any given Saturday, anybody can be beat. So like I don't mind giving SMU or Tulane. Those were your boys actually this year. Tulane giving them a chance to go up against. They might get their shit pushed in against Alabama. But like, what if they beat them? Right, like. How much publicity does that give them? Or even if they hang with them, they could lose. You lose a you know twenty-eight to twenty-seven game to to Michigan. That's that's all momentum going into next year for you and help you know build your build your build your well, brand and build your business. If you're that five, it's five plus seven, so I'm assuming the five get top five seeds. So you'd be playing like a third place finisher in the SEC or something like that. So you have a chance. Yeah, I'm, They'll they'll figure it out, which I'm not I'm not mad at it, right? I don't I'm not arguing teams that deserve it between eight and ten, eight and twelve. Like, do better, right? Don't lose two games, you know, lose one. All right, D, what you got for me? Uh, I'm actually gonna stick with football also because like we hate that it's going away. Um, but I'm gonna give a shout out. I'm gonna give a shout out to somebody that usually gets the shit under the stick. Roger Goodell is a goddamn genius. This dude is not only does he take a shit ton of blame for a lot of the stuff that like owners do, but like he set a number that was we thought astronomical and they exceeded it. So he said that the Super Bowl was gonna get 200 million views. And people were like, 200 mil? It's a lot of eyes. They finished with 202.4 million views. That is incredible he is elevating this sport which people thought was dead in the water a couple years ago they're like it's the same product it's scripted we're getting thursday football then they want to play on friday now we want to play on saturday it's too much it's 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 over flooded no my favorite thing go ahead as i know people i know some of those people like that that say it's all fake and the games are scripted and they're bitching about all all the days guess what they're still watching. No, those are the people that watch the most. I'm telling you, they they watch all that shit. They love it. It's so bad. Well, not bad. It's, for them, it's bad. Fuck those type of people. But like, no, Roger Goodell is he's he's elevating the the game into like 
like a, a stratosphere that nobody has ever gotten it to. Also, huge credit to the NFL for putting this one out. A, a Super Bowl commercials kind of sucked this year. There's not a single one of them that was like funny enough for me to remember. But there was a dope commercial in which it was, I believe, NFL in Africa. Did you see that commercial? No. They brought back OCU Manure. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Defensive end for, for the Giants. He used to play at BC, I believe. I think he was a yeah. Boston College grad. And they brought him back. And it was, you know, this kid that was just running through. He thought he was in a dream. You know, it was Saquon Barkley and then, like, a couple of other NFL players. And, like, he would go up to them and, like, they disappear because he was dreaming. And then, like, he got to, like, a football field and there's, like, a whole bunch of people in Africa on a field playing. OCU Manure comes up and he's like, you know, this used to be a dream for me. And for you, I, like, it, it could actually happen. And, like, the kid walks up to him and pokes him. He's like, I just wanted to make sure you were real. And it's like, he's, he's trying. Goodell is, like, expanding this game. There's no more NFL Europe, right? There's no more NFL Canada. But like, if he's able to get different continents in, involved in American football, this game's just gonna keep growing and growing, man. Like, it's it's incredible. So big shouts to Roger Goodell. You put on a great product for 2023-24. So they pay him the big bucks. So I make sure him like fifty something million a year. It's crazy. All right, D. Good show today. It's fun wrapping the Super Bowl with you uh, and hearing all your football talks. Get the people out right. You got it, man. Hey, as we always do, we appreciate you all being here live. More importantly, we love you guys that are able to listen to us when you're going to work in the next day. Uh, So please, I know that Trudeau mentioned at the beginning of the show, if you guys are on Twitch, if you guys are on YouTube, if you find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, hit that like button, hit that subscribe. I got to actually put in a reminder on Twitch where I can show us having a show every Tuesday at a specific time. So anybody that gets, you know, our notifications, it'll ding and say, hey, they're about to go live. Uh, more importantly, we have our website. You can see it at the bottom, frizzinthegrizz.com. You can um, find us on Facebook, a whole bunch of places where we're trying to promote our uh, promote ourselves. You got the Tiki Taki uh, up first yet? No Tiki Taki. I ain't dealing with that, or I'm not doing with the Instagram me. No, thank you. I ain't got time to be handling more social medias. I can't even handle that shit for myself, and I got my own handles. But as we say every time we're getting up out of here, because I definitely butchered this last week, please, y'all make sure y'all take care of y'all mentals. We love y'all, so please make sure y'all take care of y'all physicals. Make sure y'all take care of y'all chicken. Take care of y'all children, and we'll catch y'all on the rebound. Deuces. Broncos country, let's ride.